Fix Your Funnel podcast interview series. This is Trent Chapman, and today I'm here with Bill Black. How are you doing today, Bill? Doing great. Thanks, Trent. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we, I love doing these interviews. My my passion is being an entrepreneur, um, the freedom, the, the excitement from the experiences you get in building a business. So I love talking to other entrepreneurs who have a passion for, for business and taking that risk. Um, I actually don't feel like it's much of a risk to run your own business. It's more of a risk in my mind to to go work for someone else and let them call the shots. But Bill, t- tell us a little about yourself, uh, your history, where you're from. I know you grew up um, living in Florida and, and now you're in California, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I agree with you. I'm unemployable on many fronts. Uh, <laughs> I've been my own uh, business person for many, many years. And I moved to uh, Southern California um, many years ago and uh, was in the financial services business. Um, essentially working with business owners and trying to help them um, put band-aids on problems like what would happen if uh, the owner died, what would happen if the key employees left, um, what would happen if the, uh, if the business you know, didn't sell down the road. And as a result, I got into this field of, of exit planning as I saw the baby boomers start to really come to an age where they were starting to say, you know, we know how we got into these businesses, but we're not sure how we're going to get out of them. And so, for the last 20 years, I've been, I've been focusing. Uh, I got certified as an exit planner, which nobody ever heard of that when I did it. And now there's over a thousand people, uh, mainly uh, CPAs, attorneys, and other financial professionals, who also want to help business owners look forward and think about how are you going to gracefully either sell this business to outsiders or insiders. Or what we hear a lot is people just saying, I just want to stay and play. I want to go from overtime to part-time and keep my business uh, because I don't have a, uh, I don't have, you know, an inclination to go out and start a new one. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. I, that has definitely been a, a new market that's emerged with the, the shift from baby boomers passing on their businesses, either family or selling them. Um, so that's, that's definitely a cool niche. Um, now, have you always been an entrepreneur or do you grow up... Um, working on jobs for the people and this until you decided to, to do your own thing or what's what's your story where you started out well my background was I I went from Florida went across uh, you know ended up high school took a cross-country trip um, and then I jumped over from Seattle didn't like the weather there very long and, and jumped over to Maui and I lived there and I actually um, continued to yeah I continued to study but I really wanted to uh, I really wanted to play music at the time, and so I started playing a lot of music, and I still play music with guys, but uh, I really liked entertaining people and, and making people smile. So uh, when I came back to California, um, I, I decided, you know, I, I really wanted to get into uh, helping people, and I got into sales because I didn't really see any job that I really liked that would give me the time freedom so I could explore other things, play music and do other stuff. And so I got into sales and uh, that's been my entrepreneurial route is basically, um, you, you know, make your own hours, uh, yeah. selling financial services, products and services. And uh, a few years ago, I decided, you know, after doing it for 20 years, I really wanted to try a new venture. And I, I started a radio show. 
uh, and it's called Exit Coach Radio. And I realized that this wave of baby boomers, there's 77 million people in America born between 1946 and 1964. So they're hitting their 50s now. Yeah. This wave of people thinking about how do we exit our business and they want to get this information. Um, and then you have all of these professional advisors who want to market using new media, social media, and they didn't really have anywhere to go. So I kind of put those two together and started Exit Coach Radio about a year and a half ago. And now we've got about 75,000 listeners a month and we're getting endorsements from people all over the country. So um, th that's my entrepreneurial bug. So now do you coach other exit coaches or are you specifically focused on just your clientele that would come to you for advice and, and direction? Well, I, I do both. I, uh, I help the advisors to market themselves by doing interviews with them just like we're doing right now, but getting their best tips, ideas and precautions and then um, holding those out as a podcast to business owner listeners and then I work I still work one-on-one -on -one with a select number of clients I've just slowed down in that regard mm -hmm. um, and again part of it's I'm 56 so I'm starting to look at you know how do I ease into a, a more uh, stay and play kind of a mode and uh, you know I think I think there's a awakening right now of a lot of people that are saying I've been doing what I what I had to do for the last 20 years, now it's time to do something I want to do. So I think entrepreneurship is really waking up and technology is a big part of that. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's a good position to be in, to be able to make that decision that you now choose to come out to Utah and come, come skiing with me occasionally, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if time freedom has always been very valuable for me. I had the ability to catch my kids' uh, sports games, take vacations when everybody else is working yeah. um, it's always it's been ingrained in me right from the beginning is time freedom and time freedom is really good when you have economic freedom too yep they go hand in hand <laughs> don't they <laughs> yeah. you know and I think a lot of people um, get into the, the business of being an entrepreneur without that mindset of I'm doing this for the time freedom they might have it thought about it initially but too often I see business owners get sucked into being um, high-paid employees in their business. Um, how did you avoid that from happening, or was it just the um, a consequence of the the type of business you're in, provide enough of a revenue that you you never fell into that trap? Well, that's a good question, and that's that's something that I've been helping people to avoid or get out of. Mm -hmm. And so I've al I've always been conscious of the fact that you know you really need to start right from the beginning of your business. Uh, in building processes and um, job descriptions and task descriptions right from the beginning so that you can easily delegate or else you will get into that trap. And the trap is basically where you write out your org chart and you realize that you're in every box of the org chart. And there's a, a great book out there, if, if people haven't read it, called The E-Myth. Yeah. Uh, the E-Myth books by Michael Gerber that talk about that, that if, if, that's, your, if that's where you are, then you really don't have a you don't own a business as much as you just have a crazy job description and you, it's not you're not going to be able to sell that to anybody because nobody wants that craziness in their life so you have to if you are, are in that position you have to take steps to get out of it slowly and methodically and get there so that you're above the line of of all of the work that can be delegated what's interesting is, is I think a lot of people jump through the proper steps to get there a lot of people see technology as a shiny object that they can throw into their business, but a lot of these people I see doing that, 
they don't even have their processes written out or their flow of their business. And so they're trying to automate stuff that doesn't really need automation at this point. Um, what's, is, do you have any type of a, a suggestion or process that you teach people on the proper steps to getting to automating your business? Um, what, what do you teach people typically? Well, first is, again, just you start with the basics, the org chart and the task lists and the, uh, you know, the first step of, of uh, fixing any problem is becoming aware of that problem. And so we work with a lot of business owners to say, let's just start by writing down everything that you do on a daily basis and keep track of it for a week and really examine that and then grade those tasks A, B, and C and get rid of the C's as soon as possible, write processes for the B's and then work on the A's which should grow your business. But uh, once you start to get to that point, I really like a, a program called Trello.com uh, for as far as a way to create these, these, these boards that can be moved around and you can collaborate with other people. I love that program for its simplicity and its ability to organize and reorganize information and collaborate. Yeah. Uh, and I love uh, Infusionsoft for its ability to create uh, a single um, marketing routine that replaces um, a lot of thought, you know, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of tasks. For instance, you don't have to write down, well, tomorrow I need to do a follow-up email to that, and next week I need to do a follow-up, and then if if they don't respond then i need to you, you know you you have to lose a lot of those details and create processes out of those and that's where programs like infusionsoft and and fix your funnel come in frankly i mean those kind of uh, things where um, you need to figure out how can i um, uh, not completely replace but mostly replace some of those mundane tasks so i can focus on getting better sources and of and types of business and and grow and scale. So like what you said there, so you're using Trello, of course, to, dict to determine what are the processes that I do, what do I need to eliminate, what do I need to delegate or automate, and what are the top priority things that I should keep doing as the business owner. And then that's when you throw in the automation. After you've, you've really detailed out what are all these processes, what's the most valuable part of my business that needs to be automated, that's where you can focus first on using something like Infusionsoft to automate the implementation of that process that you've been doing manually. And that's where you get a lot of leverage. But beyond using uh, software and processes and job descriptions, um, we've always taught people that once you get those dialed in tight, now you can afford the most costly investment of, of uh, a payroll, which is the, the person you're gonna hire to, to now replace all the stuff that you don't need to be doing in your business. Those B items that can't be automated, but still need to be done while you still focus all your time and effort and energy on those top list A items that are going to provide the most uh, return on investment of your time. Um, now, do you, do you have any other tips or insights for people about how they identify those A items and are they mostly related to sales and marketing or have you identified businesses where things outside of sales and marketing can be at the top of that A list? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I think a lot of times you really have to identify what you're really good at and what you really love to do. Sometimes people are very good at being a, a, a technical expert 
and they really need to build a support system that allows them to do that. If that's what they love to do, they should be doing more of that. So I think a lot of this is is determining, you know, what are the top three things that you really love to do that you're really good at and that will grow and that will really be the core and help you grow your business. Sometimes, you know, you're you're better off to surround yourself with people who might be good at sales and marketing and business development and let them go at it. Uh, and uh, you stick to what what it is that you're good at. I think that's the really the the road to happiness is building a team um, that supports what you do. That doesn't duplicate what you do, but they support what you do. Well, that's a great point. I've got a friend who um, was hired to to manage marketing for an eye doctor, an eye surgeon. Now, an eye surgeon, they make most of their money when they're actually in surgery. So, for an eye surgeon. It doesn't make a lot of sense to become the expert in sales and marketing. They have to understand sales principles because they're obviously meeting with people one-on-one. And so that was one of the things that he coached this eye doctor on was the processes for taking someone through the the understanding of what's important that needs to be done for their eyes and helping them to make that decision that's best for them. But he also, he mainly outsourced, this eye doctor mainly outsourced everything related to sales and marketing so that he didn't have to become the expert on learning all those things, he had someone that did it for him so that he was focused on the technical aspect of doing the operation surgeries that pay thousands and thousands per hour versus spending the time to become this expert in sales and marketing. Whereas in other businesses I've seen, it makes more sense for this, the entrepreneur, if they're good at sales and marketing, to totally t- step out of any fulfillment of the thing that they're selling because they may not, not be very good at it, they're not the best at that, but they're great marketers and so they should hire the right people to fulfill for them. So really, like you said, it really does determine on it's determined by your business and your strengths and where you, you fit best in there. I really liked how you put that, the choosing those top three things. Um, what For you and your business, I would like to know a little bit about how you use Infusionsoft. We all use Infusionsoft a little bit different, but I'm just curious to know what got you started Infusionsoft, how long have you been using it, and what was what were the things that you implemented that created the most leverage for you and your business? Well, a couple things um, come to mind, and on the on the uh, the planning and the coaching side that I do, uh, you know, there are touch points at which at which you should be back in touch with your clients. But you know, you get into a routine and you get busy and you forget. Yeah. So Infusionsoft allows us to uh, automatically um, schedule those touch points way in advance and make sure that our clients uh, understand that. Uh, we're we're there for them, and we're it's time to get back together. And those types of repeat visits often turn into revenues. And the other way that I use it on the radio show is to prepare people for an upcoming interview. And so, for instance, once somebody books their interview, and we're booked sometimes right now, we're booked four months in advance for interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a routine that automatically. Uh, gets in touch with them and lets them know how great it's going to be and that they should start building a buzz and gives them um, we get we even give them wording for social media and emails that they should be sending out three weeks two weeks one week and a few days before their interview so that they're out promoting us as a, as a, a program uh-huh. and and building a buzz helping their marketing efforts and that's really been instrumental in people telling if we just said um, send out an email three weeks before and, and didn't really get in touch with them at that time with the exact message most of our guests are too busy and they wouldn't do anything That's so it, Infusionsoft helps us to uh, help people 
prepare and build a buzz. And in the meanwhile, again, I, I tell everybody this, if you're not helping your, if you're not holding your customer's hand and even giving down to giving them the exact wording you want them to send out, they may not send it out or they may not send it out exactly like you like, but if you don't give them some verbiage, you have to understand people don't want to have to think about things these yeah. days. They want, they want it there for them. They can cut and paste and send it out. And then after interviews, we're telling people, okay, you are great. Um, and we want you back on the show at some point. And then we use uh, things like uh, one click upsell uh, with Fix Your Funnel to, uh, to uh, let, let people know that, hey, uh, you did great. Um, your interview's up. If you want it to be super edited, we have editors that can comb through this thing with a fine tooth comb. We charge for that. We'll do ex extra publicity for you. So we have our upsell right. offers that come in. And once you have somebody in an upsell mode, it's so important to continue to make a couple other offers. That's really where you um, where you make your revenues. And I learned that a long time ago. With uh, before I got into this business, I was in direct marketing, mm -hmm. and they always tested. I, I always saw these big companies testing different offers. Uh, one of the products was a well, you know, kind of like an Aflac thing today where it gives you a certain amount of dollars. It was before all of Aflac, but $20 a day or $40 a day if you're in the hospital. And they test these various amounts. Find the find the one that most customers would buy. And then the game began with the upsell offers because those were your customers who were most likely to make you money by, uh, by becoming a repeat customer. Yeah, identifying your most valuable customers is a lot easier when you use upsells because it, it, it's almost like they're raising their hand saying, hey, I'm one of your valuable customers, I'll buy anything. And not to take advantage of that, but just to know that there are certain people who are buyers that they want the the ease of whatever you're offering them and they're willing to pay for it. Where other people are like, you know what, I can do everything myself, I just need a little bit of direction. And those may not be your best customer. But this, this is a great tool we've used to identify those who are our most valuable customers and I don't know if you're familiar with Bill with our big spender bot. Are you familiar with funnel bots and fix your funnel? I I'm somewhat familiar with it. I'm I'm scratching the surface with it, honestly. I'd love to I'd love to have a more detailed conversation and maybe do a future uh, podcast just explaining those. There's a lot of power in funnel bots, but one of the funnel bots that we run periodically is the big spender bot. It's a great name, right? Big spender bot. Mm -hmm. What it does is it goes through and it looks for anybody in our database who spent over a certain amount of money. Um, in addition to adding a tag to people who take certain upsells, which also indicates people who are the, the sprinter types that will buy anything they can to get the speed of implementation, um, those types of people we can identify to market to in a different way. But we also want to reach out to our big spenders, meaning those people who have been with us for a while, invest a lot of their capital with us, and offer them to do things differently than the rest of our database or less of our clientele. So that's a really cool thing we've used is the big spender bot for those that actually use the um, that component of Infusionsoft for their billing and such. I imagine with your type of business bill, it's kind of hard to keep the value of a client in Infusionsoft because you're not charging them through Infusionsoft. Um, you'd have to actually use a field for tracking how much revenue that client's given you. It's a little bit more detailed work. But that for those that, that use um, e-commerce portion of Infusionsoft has been valuable for us to use that kind of a, a, a bot to run through the system and find those people who meet that criteria. Just quickly run through that and not have to spend time manually trying to pull that report and figure that out. 
Well, it makes a tremendous amount of sense. I mean, you're always looking for who your who are your best promoters, who are your mm-hmm. believers, and those those are people that, again, once they're believers, they're going to tell people about you as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, I do have a question for you about the way you use Fix Your Funnel. You mentioned you use the one-click upsell. Do you use any other services that Fix Your Funnel offers? <clears throat> I have not. I'm again, I'm pretty new to it, Trent, but I'm I'm really intrigued by the send out cards and by the text messaging aspects of it um, and uh, I, I, I think you guys are you know a cut above what I've seen out there so I'm excited about some of your new offerings and learning more about it and again I'm, I'm pretty new to this side of, of the, um, the, the marketing and moving forward with it uh, but uh, as my listenership grows and we get, we get more and more people involved, um, I'm really excited about some of the offerings. You know, I really like your type of business you're in. I, I was the real estate broker for, I guess it was 10 years. And um, one of the things that I wish I would have had back when I started was Infusionsoft with Fix Your Funnel. Um, because the way that we do things, um, and our inside sales approach, this is kind of inside baseball sharing with you guys, with our fixture funnel system, our our people obviously use the stuff that we offer out to other people. We don't use a different dialer, or a different phone system, or a different text messaging platform. Everything we create, we use, and that's probably the primary reason we create new stuff is for our own internal use. And then we start sharing it with other people. Uh, we have my brother and I have a couple other businesses together, so this isn't our only Infusionsoft app. It's not our only business, but it's a it's a large business that we enjoyed investing a lot of time and energy into because. It's kind of like the the proving ground, the platform we use to try out new ideas and test stuff. But one of the things that we do that's been really effective is in our process of calling prospects, um, someone texts in from a lead capture that we have out there. Obviously, we're catching their cell phone number, which is today the most intimate form of communication you have with someone besides face-to-face. People are more likely to respond via text or via phone call on their cell phone than any other manner. You send them an email, they may or may not respond, they may not even see it. But you send them a text or you get them on the phone, they're going to actually interact with you some way or another. So we've we've been using that to our advantage. When we do lead capture through text message, they go into a, a call list depending on where they came from. And our guys on the inside are pulling up the call list every day. And the campaign in Infusionsoft dictates when that person comes in or out of the campaign, depending on how often we're calling them, calling them every week or every day, once a month. So my, my guys doing on the dialer, they don't have to think about who to call next. It's just right there. But here's the, here's the real cool part. This is what everyone gets excited about when I tell them about this. One of the things that we've leveraged with the technology is when my guys are calling someone four or five times and they haven't answered, after every call, the outcome of the call is no answer or left voicemail. And we're counting using the counter bot and funnel bots every time a call is made and that outcome is selected where they didn't answer. The first time I send them a campaign, which is a text message saying, hey, this is so-and-so, try to touch base with you, give me a call back. And it's coming from our fixture funnel number that goes to that salesperson. The next call I do, obviously I don't want to send the same text message every single time. So we trigger based on two actions of no answer or left voicemail. It sends them an email and a text message, a different text message. Third time, fourth time, fifth time. So there's really a lot of power in the automation because instead of uh, using the same text message, same email every time I click an outcome, through Infusionsoft it allows us to now create um, the action that's different every single time I call someone. So they feel like my sales guys are so on top of things that every time they call, they're sending an email, they're sending a text. The reality mm-hmm. is they're moving on in just seconds. They're moving on to the next call. And then they're starting to get responses back through these outbound text messages that they didn't even send, the system sent. And we've had people who will not answer their phone, 
but who end up converting to clients through text message simply because we added that in to our lead conversion process. And it's amazing how just adding something simple like that, well, it seems simple, you know, but it's, it's complex initially to set it yeah. up. Once it's set yeah. up, it's such a simple thing to add to your sales process, and it's amazing the power that it gives of this extra touch. Um, you, you probably all heard the sales statistics that um, for on, inbound web leads, you get them within five minutes, you're most likely to convert them, like 300% more likely to convert them than if you call them in half an hour. The other fact in that is that um, most sales happen on inbound web leads in the fifth to 12th contact. So it takes five to 12 touches through email, text, phone, before that person actually makes the decision to um, move forward and taking action. So this has really been a, a, a impactful way for us to convert more of our leads to buyers. Because if we didn't do the outbound phone call, the text message, we just simply did email drip, I can guarantee our sales would be half, if not a quarter of what they are. But because we take that extra effort to actually include the one-on-one -on -one approach through phone and the automation of the text messages, it's been a game changer for us and it's allowed us to, to quickly double our businesses last year and we're on track to double again this year and um, we're, we're, we're completely blown away with the results just by implementing that one thing last summer it's been a huge shift in our business yeah it's so important to personalize your outcomes I mean people are so used to being bombarded by impersonal efforts and uh, and, and that follow-up uh, it's not that people don't see your call. It's just they're too busy at the time and they don't have a good reason to call you back. So it's so important to follow up with those messages. Yeah, it's been, it's been huge for us. Um, one of the questions I like to ask, Bill, of all the people I interview, and this is one of my favorite questions, is what is it that you have found to be um, a principle that's allowed you to have the success you have? Or what is the, an attribute you have identified in yourself has allowed you to be successful throughout your career in spite of the changes in the economy, changes in marketing messages? What, what is that thing that's helped you to become successful, that thing that you attribute your success to? Well, I would say, you know, there's a, a sign I found somewhere a long time ago. I've had it on my desk for, for many, many, I don't know, maybe two decades now. It says, uh, the person that says it sh cannot be done should not interrupt the person doing it. <laughs> uh, and you know, there's so many people that that uh, don't do things because of the roadblocks they see, and they, you know, that's how great things have happened in our country is by people saying, "I I know I know this is a long shot, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make this happen." So I would say it's that. It's just uh, if you get inspired. I, I was just at a meeting this morning, as a matter of fact, and there was a business. Uh, uh, coach and she's also a, a trained psychologist and she said we have uh, uh, more more uh, more neurons in our gut than in our in our emotions that that, that tell us the right things to do uh, over 50% of your feelings for whether it's the right thing to do come from your gut than your emotions or your brain telling you it's uh, justifying it. So if you have a gut feeling about something and and you have a, a, a grand purpose in mind, not just financial gain, you're actually going to do something that's going to propel you to help in some way to improve lives of others, then then by all means, get started. That's great. You know, that, and that's something I think there's that fear that we all 
face when we're starting something new. But down deep, I think when it's something that you know is right, it's it's not going to benefit you in the long run to ignore that, that the temporary fear you might feel of, this is something outside my comfort zone, this is tough. And I've noticed that in, in all the entrepreneurs I talk to is that they're willing to take that leap of faith and do something that they may not know the outcome, but they have this, this gut feeling that this is the right thing to do. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. That's something that's, that's powerful. Um, well, Bill, to, to, to finish off here today, um, for those that are newer entrepreneurs that haven't had the, 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 the opportunity to work in the many different um, sales opportunities you've had throughout your life and your business, what would you say, say to help a new entrepreneur or someone who's struggling right now getting their business off the ground? What would you say to them to keep them focused on, on doing things that will get them to success? And what are, what are some, some words of encouragement you can offer to those type of people? Well, you always, you know, you, entrepreneurs always tend to uh, overestimate, um, and so you know, be try to be as realistic as you can with your planning. Uh, get get some help along the way. There are some actually some amazing free resources we found along the way. There's an organization out there called Score S C O R E dot org that is actually was started by the federal government. But it's 11,000 volunteers, people, you know, here's what's happening in America is people are getting to the retirement age and they're going, now what do I do? And a lot of them are going towards volunteerism. And they have an incredible national network of volunteers who have been there and done that in business. And all of their resources are free. They have free workshops. They have free coaches. They have in the areas of technology and finance and business plans and marketing an amazing group of resources there that is available to you. It's something the government's done right for business in America. <laughs> and so I would say look for those resources. Uh, start at your local SCORE chapter and see what you can find there. You know, Check it out because it's not just what you, know, you get what you pay for. I've interviewed dozens of these people and they're incredible uh, giving people who are just looking for some way to give back. So that's number one is look for resources and help. Uh, number two, of course, you can go to Exit Coach Radio and listen to. We have 500 interviews in that have been archived in 35 different categories of file folders, and you can listen to experts and thought leaders and authors and advisors, and just become a student of of being a business person. Mm-hmm. Become you know, make that your passion, and remember. You're there to serve your business, so you have to you have to distance yourself from like, oh, the business is just all about me, and it's all about this. Your business is a separate entity you create, and then you become a servant of that business. So you need to look at it that way and think of it, you know, what will it look like when it becomes big? Because if you do things right and for long enough, someday it will. Great, that's great, great resources you shared there. Appreciate that. I actually have never heard of Score.org. I'm not looking to that myself just to see what that's all about. That sounds like a good resource as well. Amazing resource. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, our time is up, Bill. I I typically like to keep our calls about 30 minutes long for those that are on a time crunch and sure. just get a quick quick boost in uh, hearing what's working for other people. And I appreciate you sharing um, those excellent resources, sharing what processes you've helped to help other business owners to go through and getting themselves out of being stuck in their business to actually being um, free from it to be able to enjoy the freedom that most businesses, you know, most business owners are going for when they start their business, that freedom of, of time. Um, 
you know, I, one, one thing that I do want to, um, want to say is that, uh, for those that are, are, are listening and they feel like, you know, I've, I've been in business for a while. I don't seem to have success that other people have. What, what Bill said is, it was what really shifted for me it was finding a mentor or a coach or somebody out there that's been there, done that and trusting them enough to follow some of their suggestions and advice. I, I talked to a lot of friends who have been, I'd call them wannabe entrepreneurs, but they're not teachable and they're not humble enough to listen. Um, and so they come in with these grand ideas, like, like Bill said, overestimating everything and end up falling flat on their face because they could never take the advice from those who've been there, done that. They thought they knew better because they had this, this brand new idea that no one had ever heard of and after a couple of years, the idea is basically dead and gone. So be humble enough to, to seek out and find expert advice. Um, like, like Bill had mentioned, his, his series on Exit Coach Radio, uh, you got 500 plus interviews there is an excellent resource as well. But I just hope you guys will take that time to uh, invest in yourselves, continue to, to do those things that your, your mentors and coaches have done that are working, and uh, wish the best to all of you. Thanks, Bill, for taking the time with us today. I really appreciate it. Look forward to having you come out here in, in a couple of weeks here when we get new snow and come skiing with me. Sounds great. My <laughs> pleasure. And thanks very much for the good work you're doing. All right. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Boom. Let's go.